0: Hey, did you, did, you, did you see that? The music stopped. That means it's time to go to our seats so we can start getting into into the word. I know when you're involved in conversation, sometimes you're not. I'm one of those periphery listeners, um, so my, my, my ear is always attuned to other things going on around me. Um, I mean, I should be trained out of that because I've been married for so long, but I still do it. Um, I have a few announcements before we actually uh, get into the word this morning. Uh, First of all, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Michael Dixon, um, one of the pastors here at at Solid Rock Church. Our lead pastor um, was on uh, vacation with his family, and the plan was for him to preach this morning, but he came back from vacation yesterday, and I don't know about you, but usually I need like another day to recover from vacation, so uh, he needed that, and so here, here we are again. But here are a few announcements. First of all, thank you to anyone who was able to help the Henshaws move over the course of the past uh, two weeks. Um, as you know, um, you know we just we just are trying to be a church that that expresses our love to one another by serving each other, and we know that there are physical limitations within that family. And so, thank you if you were if you were able to uh, participate, especially on yesterday when there was there were heavy items to be moved. Um, I did talk with uh, Leone after the food distribution um, because I wanted to add my what little bit I have um, if, it, if there was a need, and there was no need. And so she was very grateful for you all. So thank you if you were able to uh, serve. And if you weren't, don't worry. There are going to be other opportunities for us to serve each other. Um, one way that we can serve one of our members is that uh, Vilma Perea uh, has uh, surgery tomorrow. Uh, around uh, 12 tomorrow. Um, Between now and then, uh, as the Lord lays her on your heart, would you please pray for her that the surgery would be successful, that the doctors would be guided by the Lord, and that her recovery would be um, successful as well. And she used the word easy, so that it would be easy. Who doesn't want an easy recovery? (laughs) Um, Remember that there are no D groups this week. This is the fifth fifth Wednesday week, so there are no D groups. Um, but if you are a, a, a woman here at Solid Rock Church, or if you know a woman who might be, uh, ent- it's open to all, but it's catered, it's, it's geared toward women, um, and that is um, on Wednesday, the Metamorphosis Community Project, the spinoff nonprofit of Solid Rock Church, is having a women's history uh, gathering here at 7 on Wednesday. So if you're available to come to that um we would love to, to have you. Uh, we're gonna have six different speakers, and then they're gonna be a, a, a panel engagement uh, with those six uh, women. One is our very own Karen Dixon. The rest are outsiders. Um, so, um, so babe, if you watch this, somebody said woohoo. She's not here. She's she's on her way from North Carolina with uh, Sheila Booker. So, um, so they're on their way back. So pray for traveling mercies for them. Um, but she's the only Rock member. The others are. Um, uh, women from outside that we know, and we just want to encourage uh, women um, as Women's History Month comes to a close. Um, one other thing that the Metamorphosis Community Project is doing at Solid Rock Church is um, April 11th through 15th, we're gonna offer a um, spring break art camp that's free to uh, children ages six to 12. Obviously, spaces will be limited for that. We will, can take up to 30. Um, please be on the lookout if you follow us on Facebook for the announcement. Um, uh, and um, if you know anyone who else who would want to come, or you can just text me because all of y'all uh, who are members have my number anyway. Finally, sorry, yeah, I'm, that finally was late. I'll try to keep my voice uh, low. Sorry, I didn't mean to blast your eardrums. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's right. Uh, um, John Fair is offering uh, two tickets to the... Uh, Toby Mac concert, um, this evening, and you heard him say, Toby Mac, to me. that, that's him right there, that's John right there, so if, if you want them, go see John, after we finish everything, don't go see him now, don't even try, don't even do it, don't do it, uh, yeah, about the about the rush uh, we are, we do plan to do, uh, communion, the, uh, the, uh, communion elements are in the back, uh, back there, so you can get them, uh, right before we do it but right now um let's pray and then we'll go ahead and get into romans chapter 12 father we thank you for this day which you have made we give you the glory for our presence in this day because you are the giver of life and so we thank you for life this morning we thank you For those of us who are here who have eternal life, we pray that if anyone does not have eternal life or if they're unsure about whether or not they have eternal life, that you, this would be either the day of salvation for them or that you would assure them from your word. Lord, we ask you that you would please uh, speak to us. In order for that to happen, Lord, I need to decrease and you need to increase. So, Lord, I ask you that you would please Allow that to happen. I also ask you that you will give me the strength, the coherency of mind, and an ear to listen to what your spirit has to say in various moments um, as I speak. Lord, I pray that you would um, continue to make us more like you as a result. And Lord, we pray for those who in our midst who may be sick. We ask you that you would raise them up. Those who are traveling, Lord, we ask you that you would please bless them. We ask you that you would bless Vilma. Uh, and any other procedure that we may be unaware of we pray that you would be the doctor and that you would please heal our brother our sister thank you lord for the ability to pray thank you lord for your church thank you that we are able to gather thank you for everyone who's here and as well those who are joining us via live stream bless us all i pray in jesus name amen So we've been going through uh, Romans chapter 12, and we are going to focus specifically this morning on uh, verses 11 through 13. But 11 through 13 happen and unfold within a context. So I will start reading in verse 1, where it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing To God, this is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. For by the grace given me, I tell every one of you not to think more highly, think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in serving. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting. In exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, uh, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Let us love, let us love, let love, excuse me, be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Working on that T sound, yeah, take the lead in honoring one another. (laughs) Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. So those last few verses, 11 through 12, are the verses that will be our focus this morning, working on the M sound. I love that. I love, I love that. So I'm just going to read 11 through 13 one more time. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in prayer. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their need. Pursue hospitality. So Paul is continuing in the verses that we're looking at to let us know how we should respond to the mercies of God that we've just heard about from chapters 1 through 11. Because that's what the therefore that begins the chapter indicates, that we should, what happens next after the therefore is happening because of what, happened, what was said before. And he had uh, gone through, at the end of chapter 11, he had gone through uh, uh, the, the wisdom of God and salvation that he would be able to draw people who were not Jews into Uh, redemptive history by allowing them to be grafted in even though they're wild branches to be grafted in to God's plan and so in light of the mercy that God who did not does not have to add anything to himself does not need any one of us any one of us begins with me but it continues with you God does not need us but yet he allows us to be grafted in and part of his body through Jesus Christ that is awesome especially in light of the fact that, as David said, um, he said this about himself, but it's true of us all. Uh, he, He said that he was born in sin and he was shaped in iniquity, meaning that sin was with him even when he was in his mother's womb. It may not have had a way to express itself that we know of, but yet we see that we do not have to teach. If you have children or if you have siblings or if you've seen people, little people, you do not have to teach them how to do things that will benefit them, whether that is good or bad. It doesn't matter if the thing is good or bad. Just if it benefits them, they're going to they gonna try to do it. You know, you can tell your child all you want. I, or at least my children like this. I've seen this with others, too. Do not touch the outlet. Don't, don't touch it. No. Don't do it. No. no. They still going to have to learn on their own, right? Or, well, learning it on your own. I, I say this. I know I shared this story, but there's one of my children, I won't name their names. Man, they were we told, do not touch the outlet. Don't do it. They weren't even a toddler. They were past toddler age. They were uh, lower elementary. Somebody, the Lord was with somebody. He was with somebody because some kind of way, there was a key in one of the outlets in the double classroom. Yeah, a key. That child said they didn't put it in there, but they saw it in there and tried to get it out. Well, she's grown now and has children, but she tried to get it out, and all you heard was a, ah! And you know, you know your children's voice, so it's like, hey, man, that's my daughter. So we went back there, and her hand was all black and like it's, but she, 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 she didn't listen. It was like, hey, don't touch. She don't care. I need to get this out for what and whatever some kind of way she justified not listening to her father and some kind of way we justify not listening to our heavenly father as well. We, we do it. We do it. We do it. Well, that's that's called sin, regardless of the reason. Oh, I was just trying to get the key out, regardless of the reason. Right. I could go on and elaborate, but 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 the, but the point is God is merciful to us. Right. He draws us into his family. He works with us. He saves our our life protection until such time that we respond to him. And so in light of the mercies of God, in light of what God has done, then Paul just begins to lay out what the church is supposed to be like as he speaks to the church in Rome. And now we are at verses 11 and through 13. And, And at this point, after all of that good theology, now here's here's the section where we start getting into action. So he's telling us what to do and what not to do. And one of the things that he tells us what not to do as it begins in verse 11 is not to lack diligence and zeal. So we're not to lack zeal. Zeal is fervor for a person, cause, or object. Eager desire or endeavor. Enthusiastic diligence. Ardor. I don't use that word ardor, but since it was in the definition, I just, I I put it there. And then I was like, man, since I don't use the word, let me go ahead and see what that means. So it just means great warmth of feeling, fervor, passion, intense devotion, eagerness, or enthusiasm, burning heat. So you feel, so, so, so it's, it's, it's intense, right? It's intense. So, so we're told not to, we're told not to lack zeal, but what does zeal look like? What does, what does zeal look like? Well, zeal is the excited tone in someone's voice when they're discussing a certain topic. So, sports fans, when you start talking about uh, uh, your, your, your favorite football team, then you will hear, like, there might be a, you know, chill conversation. Let's, let's just talk about when their team is winning, especially. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because it's not my team. So I'm going to go. No, I can't. I can't help myself. I'm sorry. I have the microphone. So let's just say Dallas fans, when their team is winning. (laughs) Okay, I do have the mic, but I'm not even going to do that to y'all. I'm going to go to Lakers fans. Yeah, let's go to Lakers fans. Lakers who are not having a great season right now. Lakers who are, are like, I heard that people are threatening one of their players because his play is not up to par. But the entire team is not good right now. Their zeal for their team is expressed through their complaining about their team, through their demand for changes on their team. But this one brother that I saw in Olive Garden, his zeal was expressed through the fact that he still had on a Lakers hat. So I just congratulated, I said, man, you're a real fan. He was like, yeah, I am, right? So he showed who he's about, regardless win, lose, or draw. That's his team, right? And so he's, he's zealous for him. He's still going to represent, he's still going to wear that hat. He doesn't care what their record is because he's zealous about the Lakers. Zeal can look like me when it's around Thanksgiving time. And my wife starts cooking like two, three days before Thanksgiving, and I just get to smell the aroma of all kinds of things, and I just get to look forward like man. <laughs> my plate is going to be this, this, this and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. And then I always in my zeal for that food I always have to tell my wife make sure they don't take all the food. Like at least set one plate, one leftover plate aside for me. Okay, okay, okay. Because my wife is very generous. But in my zeal to eat that food I'm meditating on that food from from the time she tells me I'm going shopping for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, oh yeah. Mm, mm. Zeal can look like continuously spending time in certain places or doing things over and over and over again or spending time with certain people all of the time. You were in high school, right? You may still be. I don't think we have any high schoolers in here. But if you're listening, you've been in high school and you see people who hang around each other all the time. Anytime you see one, you see the other two or you see the other one. They are zealous about their friendship. And so their zeal looks like that. It doesn't always look like at the game when, after the Redskins used to score a touchdown, they don't exist anymore, they're the commanders. So when they used to be, they don't score as much as they used to when I was coming up. So anyway, when they used to score touchdowns, then you'd high five the person beside you. When they won the Super Bowl, I remember my brother and I just going outside, no one else was out there. We didn't own guns, now people shoot, but we just said, oh! Then one of our other neighbors just came outside, oh, then more neighbors come, oh, so why, why, why? (laughs) In in different contexts, that would be crazy, right? But in that context, because we were zealous for the Redskins, it made sense, and other people joined in because the zeal was infectious. Zeal can look like many things. It's a display of passion. But to embrace the further reality of what zeal looks like, let's just consider some antonyms. Zeal doesn't look disinterested. Zeal is not distracted. Zeal is not grudging. Zeal is not half-hearted. Zeal is like all in. With passion. It's motivated, it's dedicated, and it's expressed or acted upon with the heart. Now that we know what zeal is, and we're told not to lack zeal, let me ask you a question. What has your zeal what do you go ah, or your version of it wh- what do you do that for what can elicit that from you now this is what I want you to do to, to, to answer that question because I will figure since you in church you are probably trying to find a way even in your own mind to say the Lord That's good. That's good. I I respect that. I would be doing the same thing. But apart from the Lord, how do you express that zeal? Do others see your expression of that zeal? Have they ever commented on your zeal? they say having thought about that because we're talking about scripture not just about ourselves how does your zeal for the Lord compare with your zeal for that thing it may be the same it may be a lot different but as you ponder that Right after, Paul says, do, do not lack diligence and zeal. He says, be fervent in spirit. To be fervent is to have or show great warmth of intensity. See these words, they, they kind of mean this. They're just different words saying the same thing, right? It's having or showing great warmth or intensity of spirit, feeling enthusiasm, ardent, which I think is a version of ardor, right? Now. <laughs> Burning hot, glowing. Is another definition for fervent. So I guess, you know, when you see those, like the, the, the blacksmith or something, you see that the, the iron is like hot, it's glowing. We're told to be fervent in spirit. Notice that the S is a capital S it's not just like your little spirit my little spirit it's be fervent in spirit right that means that's that capital S means that's the Holy Spirit that's being talked about now why is it necessary for Paul to tell believers that they should be fervent in spirit like doesn't doesn't the spirit just like affect us to the degree that that we that we're going to be "Ah," for the Lord Doesn't, doesn't doesn't he well, he can. But one of the, one of the things about the the, the the Christian life is that it's not just the spirit; it's also the response to the spirit. That's something that we so so remember. God works in us both to willing to do of His good pleasure, but we're told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So God works in; we work out. Right? They're they're together, and now that they don't. They're not standalones all by themselves. Yeah, God. Th- yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. But remember, we have to work it out with fear and trembling. So it's not one or. It's both and. So listen to some of the things that we can do with the Spirit, capital S. First uh, Thessalonians 5:19 says we can do this. It says we can we can stifle the Spirit. The Spirit can be at work, and we can say, Ah, not not not. not. Hold up! Right there! Right there! Right there! That's good enough. I'll take over from here. Or, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh, I, I don't need all that. I just, um, not, not right now. I, I've done it myself. I, I've shared this before. It's been like, hey, man, yeah, man, let's get in that word. Okay, yeah, man, half have time. Yeah, my Bible will be right there. I, I, I'll do it then. Now, it doesn't feel like I'm talking to the spirit. Hindsight would say it's the spirit because then the night will go by and then I didn't read my Bible. I stifled the spirit Ephesians 430 says and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit Ephesians wasn't written to unbelievers Ephesians was written to believers so believers can grieve God's spirit believers we can we can stifle God's spirit and in both cases the the, the, the case of the S is upper So it's not talking about, oh, we're stifling our own little spirit. No, 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 no. We're stifling the spirit. We're we're stifling the spirit of God. We're crowding him out. We say, no, that's all right. We don't want that. So it's possible for us to do that. And so he tells us not not to do that by saying, "Be, be fervent in spirit. Well, how Do we, how can we be fervent in spirit? Well, we're going to use scripture to help us to see how we can be fervent in spirit. And we're going to look at Galatians. We're not going to exposit this, but we're just pointing out something that's within uh, these two verses that are from, well, there are four verses from Galatians. But the first set is Galatians 5, uh, 16 and 17, where Paul says, I say then, walk by the spirit. Again, capital S. And you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. And then he talks about how the spirit and the flesh war against each other for this flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. So if you want to do what you want, if you want to glorify God, then you have to, we have to, I have to walk by the spirit. 6-7 says, don't be deceived. This is a popular passage. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows or plants, if you're not familiar with that word, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. So how how can we be fervent we can be fervent by making sure that we're doing the things that sow to the spirit so that we can reap what the spirit gives if we don't sow to the spirit if we don't do things that, that, that feed and nourish that build up the spirit then we won't be fervent in spirit we won't have zeal it's not it's not by it's, it's 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 not by osmosis so we can we can stifle we can grieve but we don't have to right? we can we can sow or plant in the direction of the spirit and then that will enable us to walk by the spirit so that we won't carry out the desire of the flesh So as you think about what has your zeal, and that could be depending on what your what not only what has your zeal, but how does what has your zeal compare with your zeal for the Lord? If there was an imbalance there, if if the weight was like okay, well, man, this has much more. Don't 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 don't, don't worry. You came to church today. Not God doesn't. He's not pointing stuff out to, to like stomp you. Like he don't get you on the ground. And he, that's not him. He's pointing it out so that he can help you. So if you sow to the flesh to the spirit, excuse me, we ain't trying to sow to the flesh. If you, if you sow to the spirit, if you, hey, Mike, no, not at halftime right now. Okay. You know what? The having that surgery, tomorrow, pray for. Her. You know what? You saw somebody who at church who looked kind of down, but you didn't get, you weren't able to get to them, pray for them too. So, I guess the question is, and not to answer me, but to answer, to answer for you to answer before the Lord, like, what are you, what are you sowing to? What are you sowing to? What am I sowing to? Just so you don't think I'm just you know, thinking about you. Where, where are we sowing? Because you don't just have zeal. You don't just have fervor, even for the spirit, just because you don't. We don't No, We have to sow in that direction. And what's wonderful about this verse 11 is that I think these these different phrases, the, the three phrases do not lack diligence in zeal be fervent in the spirit, serve the Lord. They all lead to serving the Lord, but I would be remiss if I did not say that, that notice the first part of that, um, and I did wait intentionally for now because like when we talk about sowing to, to the spirit, the 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 way that the first part is mentioned is not the way I said it. So I, I said, we're told not to lack zeal and certainly that is what we're told, but we're told with, in, on, in a broader way, we're told, in a more specific way, we're told not to lack diligence in zeal. So that's not just about, hey, be zealous. That's like, hey, sow in the direction that's going to help you to be zealous. So buy the hat, right? Buy the Lakers hat. That's how the brother could wear it. He bought it, right? He, put his, he, he, he sold into his zeal for the Lakers, right? He, he built in that direction. Right. So the passages we've read from Galatians, those are just ways in which we can we can be diligent in pursuing zeal, ways that we can feed fervency, which all leads to just an overarching serving the Lord in a certain kind of way. Our there's a correlation between our zeal for the Lord and our service to him. I, I I know I know that wasn't exciting, but there's a correlation between our zeal for the Lord and our service to of him so the quality of our service the way we serve is going to be impacted by our zeal it's just like um it's just like saying you know what yeah man um uh the 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 nationals they're my baseball team I I see you, you can tell I like sports right um so the nationals are my baseball team or I can say man I love the nationals man I said the same thing, but I said it a different way. One had more zeal with it. The other was like, okay, yeah, you know, it's kind of like they my team. You know what I'm saying? But but the other lets you know, like, man, I, I have a love for them. Don't talk about them. If you talk about them, I'm defending them, right? My zeal is going to come out in, def- in defending them, or it's going to come out in trying to find holes in, in your team, um, <laughs> But but we 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 this this is this is what we do this is how it all kind of works together we should in in, in Gal- uh, 3, one excuse me Colossians three one one of my favorite chapters um, the third chapter of Colossians is but it tells us to set our minds on things above right it's all all of this is the same author Paul by the Spirit of God writes to different play- but his theology is not like disjointed. It's 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 consistent. Right. So he tells them to set their minds. He tells the Romans like uh, to renew their minds. Right. That's what that's what he tells them. But it, it, in, in the way that we're to renew our minds begins with what we fixate on. So our fixation or cultivation should be on the mercies of God. And the merc- cultivating that fix fixating on that has the mercies of God at the forefront of our minds. Which will fuel the fervency, which will fuel the zeal, which will make sure that we demonstrate in a way in which, you know what, this is for God's glory and not my glory. We're serving the Lord around here. We're not just trying to do good so that people can say, "Those some good people over there. No, 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 no. That's too small. There are a lot of people who can be good people. But everyone's not being good for Jesus. So we want to make sure that people know that it's about Jesus. It's about him. It's not about making a reputation for Solid Rock Church. It's not about making a reputation for Pastor Kurt, Pastor Mike, whoever, your D group. It's it's about God. It's about God through Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus, and we want people to know, hey, we are serving the Lord. So we want our quality of service to be such that people are like, man, yeah, there are people who do good. But those people do good for a different reason. And you can tell. They go out of their way to do this or that. That's what zeal does. Zeal is like, zeal will make you go the extra mile without even feeling like you're going the extra mile. You won't feel anything. But the effect on people is that they're, they're very appreciative. They recognize it. They identify it. And even if they can't, can't, can't define what, what all that is about, they see something different. Right? They see something different. So so even the concept, if you remember Jesus talking about how how the world would know that they would know him by the love we have for one another. If we have a zealous love for one another, that speaks to, that that, that says something to others, right? I, I don't know how, but Jesus said it does, so I believe it. I don't need to understand the mechanics of it to believe it. Right, I, I didn't always need to know. Like at one time, I didn't, you know, the days of the week are Monday. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that. Right, I didn't come here knowing that. Someone had to tell me. I had to take them at their word. Right, it's probably my mom or my teacher. Right, we we had, but but at some point, we can come to know. Hopefully, people see love from us toward us, in such a way where they may not be able to identify. Like, Why is that? But hopefully, eventually, as time goes on, they understand. Like, oh. That's how people like when they when they're consumed with Jesus, and so they'll know that we're serving the Lord jesus Jesus himself now the, the the way we express our zeal is definitely going to be different you know based on you know context I'm sure in other countries they probably express zeal you know different than than we do um even though everybody I'm sure. Everybody just took the, oh, everyone knows the yell, right? They, they, they know, like, that's, that's something I can do, whether I have, like, a, whether I know how to play the drums or whether I can just use my body to, like, let people know, like, I'm excited right now. Jesus also, though, had zeal not only for God's glory, but also for what he was going to accomplish. In the book of John, he would always talk about it, and he was speaking about crucifixion when he would talk about his hour he would always talk about his hour right and eventually he would talk about how his hour had come for him to glorify God so that was that was something that he was he was fixated on he was zealous about even to the point where and when he's in the garden and he prays and he prays with such intensity that 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 his sweat comes out like drops of blood which is a real medical condition that can't happen um, he still is able to say not my will but your will be done. Why? Because he's zealous to accomplish God's will, even in the midst of of unbearable suffering and pain. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the saints, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So even though the cross was something that had to be endured, even though shame was connected to it as well, there was still joy that he was able to look forward to and able to, to, to allow him to take the cross and to do so with love, as we will see in just a little bit. The outcome allowed Jesus to have hope and so he was able to have a, a, a zeal for the cross a zeal for what he would eventually pray hey if you please take this one but then he no not my will but your will he understood it, especially when you read the book of John that he was here for the cross And he didn't shrink back from it. Regardless of what your zeal looks like, whether it's just like a, what some might call a dogged determination to like cling to this thing or that thing, may it be that your zeal is always for the Lord. May it be that you are, um, that you do not lack diligence in zeal. And that you're striving to be fervent, that we are striving to be fervent in spirit, and that most of all, all of that is for the Lord. Because we can be zealous about other things as we've already said. Paul goes on to 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 say in verse twelve to rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. Now, <laughs> hope it's the feeling of is feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. Hope is feeling that what is wanted can be had, obtained, or that events will turn out for the best. Now, the thing about this definition is that the hope is a feeling The hope is a feeling about something that is wanted which means you don't have it. You haven't obtained it. It's out there somewhere almost like dreaming. (laughs) But we're told to rejoice in hope. In the hope that things will turn out the right way in the hope that we will obtain that which we want. The Bible is telling us to do that. This, what's, what's wild is that usually you didn't have to tell people to have hope, or at least it's felt like that. Sometimes all people do is hope, right? But seeing that, I think we live in a generation now where people don't like to hope. It's like, man, we have been hoping for too long now, God dog it. <laughs> it's time for us to get what we've been hoping for. And it's not just, I, I, I don't think it's just in certain directions. I just think that's the way people feel nowadays. Is that, you know what? I deserve this because of that. Well, I should have this because they. They, we, I don't want to keep saying like them outward, but because I can be this way as well. I have to fight this as well. We swimming in the same water, so I'll fight this as well. We 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 want it now. And and when some of it, man, we want it, we want all of it. Give me my just due, like right now, man. Um, I've been doing this long enough. I've been waiting long enough, and we can take that same attitude toward the Lord. Lord I don't, have my, I don't have a house yet Lord I don't have a car yet. Lord I've been doing this that the other Man I need the promotion now Now we might be street smart enough Not to talk like that to the Lord <laughs> Right I mean I knew certain things with my mom Like you just don't talk to her that way Some kind of way my brother missed that But I think that just It just helped me to remember it even more Like oh okay yeah I'm, I'm wise in this area right here man yeah, I'm not talking to her like that cuz that's what happened. So, uh, you know. <laughs> so we might be street smart enough not to be disrespectful to the Lord, right? But we can still have a bitterness about us that may not express itself like Arr! but it but it will affect our zeal. It will affect our fervency in spirit. It will be lacking it will be like Samuel's mom, right? Samuel's mom, would, she, Hannah, man, she wanted a baby. You know, back then, the Lord was just overlooking the fact that people had multiple spouses, so it's like, okay, it's, her counterpart has some children and was p- putting it in her face. What does the husband say? Mm, boy, I think the husband's name is Elkanah. Okay. What does he say? Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm worth more than more than ten sons, right? What you man? What you tripping over of that son? Look, what about Bob? I'm sorry. What about Bob is way? I talk to my wife when I feel left out. What about Bob? But he's like, what about me? Like, don't aren't you satisfied with me? Now, let, that, now if we put that into today's situation, right? We can be so fixated on acquiring a spouse. Hannah has the spouse. She, and this is just human nature, right? So I don't know if she was, the scripture doesn't talk about her. So we're, gonna, we're just going to update this thing. We're going act like Hannah's here. We're not talking about our Hannah Ingram. We're not talking about her, right? She got the husband and the baby's on the way. So <laughs> praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and we with them. So we're going to change the name to somebody who's not. Susie. Okay, Susie and Harold. <laughs> We've been doing case studies on Wednesdays, right? <laughs> they both want to be married. God brings their paths across one, each other through, you know, good friends who's like, hey, you know, they might be a good match. And they both want to be married. had their little trials and tribulations they had to get used to each other being married but they have zeal for each other they have fervency of spirit things are going well well both of their parents want grandkids hey when y'all gonna start having kids and so Harold and Susie get fixated on having children. And they're trying. They're doing everything they know to do. But it's just not the time right now. Some people forget how God has blessed them and focused on what they don't have instead of focusing on what they do have. And really, it's not some people, it's all of us have experienced it, right? I know I have, and I do. I have to make myself not just content, but celebratory of the blessings I have. I have to make it happen. I can despise God's blessing. I can. I'm telling you, that's what I can do. I can, like, not think about it. I can walk away from it and complain about it and the spirit can tap me on my shoulder turn my face around and be like man you complaining about that you should be rejoicing over that because at one time all of that was a hope you never had it was just a want it was something you wanted I remember being in my grandfather's room and thinking, man, one day I want to be like that. I want to be a grandfather. Well, for me, it, takes, it took a wife to have children. So I had my wife, had our five children, had our children to get the grandchildren. That's the hard part right there, that part right there, the raising them and all that stuff. The grandparent part is not as difficult. It's not. But if I forget how God has blessed me, I won't rejoice in hope. I will want more. I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm just going to want more. I'm just going to look at something that's minuscule, even if you piled up all the stuff that I have and all the things that that I desire. At this point in my life, they really do. I, I mean, it's really like this is up here. There may be some things down here, and they could be critical or very important, you know. But it's like, how can I look at these? If these were two people, like, how could I look at this person as less formidable than that person? That wouldn't make any sense. This person's not even my size. But it, it wouldn't make any sense. But if this is what I have and this is what I want, why can't I look at this and say, Lord, (laughs) you didn't have to give me this. So if you give me whatever the thing is over here that I want, cool. And if you don't, help me to get over it. But you know what? I think that because you gave me these things, I know you're able to give me those things or that thing. So I'm going to rejoice in hope. I'm not going to lament what I don't have. I'm going to rejoice in hope. That is a flavor that is not common in our day. That is the flavor that is going to d- demand the spirit of God be at work within you because it takes work. And work is something that we like it in certain situations, but we don't always like work. And when it comes to spiritual work, because you can't see the outcome you can't identify it. then what's the use? It's how we can feel. But there, there is a use. So you don't mature I mean, I know I've been saying this for a while, but we don't mature in the Lord overnight. Right? You want to know how some people can suffer things and they just like keep on, like their faith doesn't seem to be uh, 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 diminished. Well, they didn't just, they weren't just born that way. <laughs> no, they weren't just born that way, man. They've they been praying. They've probably been through some things already. They've probably seen like what the Lord has done for them. It's like, you know what? This thing, oh, I hate that it happened, but you know what? I think it's going to turn out for my good. Why do they think it's going to turn out for the good? One, not only do they have the scripture, this is a thing about God, he's so good. It's not only the scripture, it's the scripture that's ultimately what we must keep in mind. But then they don't just have the, the word of God, but they also have the testimony of what God has done that they've seen with their very own eyes, and they can say, you know what, I want this, but I have all this. So I'm going to rejoice and hope regardless of what happens or regardless of how long this takes to come and it be part of this to boost this. Who cares, Lord, if you don't do this? You've already done this. And on top of all of those things is that you gave me eternal life. Rejoice in hope. Rejoice because God is good. Rejoice because God is capable. Rejoice because God loves you. Remember that he loves you. Remember that he sent his son for you. And if somebody is in here or watching me that does not know that, that does not understand that, just remember, Jesus did not come to die on the cross for his own health. That doesn't even make sense. That sentence does not even make sense. Who would go to the cross for their own health? But who, Because <laughs> that's not healthy, right? That's not healthy at all, right? But he did it for your health. He did it for my health, my spiritual health, that one day I could stand before God, and despite all of the ways in which I fall short, That I'm judged on the basis not of what I've done, but on what I've received from Christ. And he extends that eternal life to everyone. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on his name through Jesus Christ. Ask him to save you, and you'll be saved. Now, you got to make sure we've been talking about work. You got to make sure you go to a church, somewhere where you can learn, somewhere where you can grow, Because even though positionally you'll be as saved as anyone else, but you'll also be probably be one of the most immature people that's as saved. You know that's saved. So so you'll need to grow. I know at Solid Rock Church we can help you do that. But church, let's rejoice in hope. If we rejoice in hope, then we can be patient in affliction. To be patient means to to bear without to bear provocation to bear annoyance to bear misfortune to bear delay to bear hardship to bear pain I don't want to be patient I don't want to bear I don't want to I'd rather every day be thanksgiving right that's what I want we would be fat somebody said But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm working on it, though. Um, so, <laughs> but we're to be patient. Oh, man. Another definition says that we're, that we're to endure those things with fortitude. Uh, it continues, rather, with fortitude and calm without complaint Anger or the like. That's Man, he could have just stopped at be patient. Cause again, patience is bearing provocation, annoyance, misfortune, delay, hardship, pain, etc. with fortitude and calm without complaining, anger or the like. How patient are you? I'm patient sometimes. And sometimes even when I look like I'm being patient, if you could see what was going on in my mind, I'm not being patient. That's why I said I don't like being patient. I, I know what, what's going on around here in this area, the heart, the mind, all this it's just like. But it's not just to be patient, but it's to be in affliction. So it's not just to be a person who's attained a level of patience and they just have a threshold. But it's like while it's happening, as one one song says in the middle of it, like while it's unfolding that we have to like be patient. We have to have confidence. The reason why we can be patient, the reason why we can we can rejoice. Uh, we can rejoice and hope things that we don't have, but we expect a we expect a good outcome. The reason we can do that, the reason why how we can be patient in affliction is because we know that God has the outcome secure in and of Himself. And so, if we're in Him, we don't have to worry about not attaining that which we are supposed to attain. Affliction is is a state of pain, distress, grief, or misery. We're told to be patient in the midst of all of that, to bear with that, with fortitude and calm, without complaining, without being angry. Help me, Jesus, and help us all. Because, again, this is not something that if we look at, again, we're we're, we're not being conformed to the world, but we're, we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. This is my renewal stuff right here. This is not the way the world operates. Not, not today. I mean, people get, get pat on the backs for not accepting things. And I, I understand in one, in, in, one, with, in one regard, I do. One of the ways that, that that one of the things that I think the manifestations of not rejoicing in hope and being impatient in affliction is lack of prayer. The rejoicing in hope and the being patient in affliction, I think, feeds prayer. And so the passage goes on to say, okay, we're to rejoice in hope, we're to be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. <laughs> persistent. <laughs> lasting and enduring tenacity. There are other things that, 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 that it says, but but just that, that combination of words right there, lasting or enduring tenacity. The word tenacity that just has a, a ring to it that you already know, like, you're you, you, like, you, you going, some struggle is involved. Like, you're not just, it's not just like, oh, yeah, come and get it. It's not like back in the, y'all, some of y'all probably, most of y'all probably too young for this, but back in the day when I guess people were living on uh, wherever cowboys lived that they'd be like, the person who cooked would be like, they would ring this little, the little uh, triangle ding, 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 ding and they'd be like, come and get it. Tenacity is not, is not necessary when it's just to come and get it. Come and get It's like, hey, man, come get this water. Come get them Toby Mac tickets. Right? It, it, it's, that, that's, that's not necessary. It's just go to them. Just be, hopefully, no tenacity is needed to get them tickets. Hopefully, in here, we have enough respect for one another that we ain't running over each other. But how persistent are we in prayer? Remember John the Baptist's dad, Zacharias? He's in his 80s. When the angel comes and tells him that, that, that John the Baptist is on the way, he can't believe it. Now remember how the angel talked to him. He said, your prayer has been answered. But when did he pray this? He obviously wasn't looking for the answer when he went into the, into the uh, Holy of Holies. He prayed it a long time ago, and he had given up on that prayer. But this passage tells us to be persistent in prayer, that we are to keep, and I, I'm, this is something I'm trying to grow in. I'm just letting you know, personally, this is something I'm trying to grow in. I'm not, when I say trying to grow in, I mean I'm working on it. Persistent in prayer. Some, so, so the tenacity, is because this can be, this can, so with me, this can be like what the issues are. I know who's sovereign. I believe he takes care of me. I have again. I I see he's taking care of me. I believe he's in charge of my life. Whether I live or whether I die, I'm the Lord's. That's what I think about myself. (laughs) So part of me, (laughs) you're getting a fresh start here. Part of me may feel like Well, I don't need to keep asking the Lord for anything because he's going to give me whatever it is he thinks I need. Or part of it could be, I think, oh, it's taking too long. He said, he's saying no. But I don't think he's always saying no. Right now, I cannot remember the chapter in Daniel. But Daniel has this disturbing dream. And y'all know Daniel, he can interpret them dreams. Yeah. <laughs> interpret them so, so viciously that it's like, hey, he's going to be the head of y'all. And like every, no, you know what? Yeah. Nobody say anything bad about his God in his whole kingdom. Nobody, you better not. That's how vicious he was with the, with the interpreting dreams. So he, he, this one vision he has, it disturbs him so badly that he asked God for the interpretation and the interpretation doesn't come for like almost a month. He didn't say, All right, man, you know what? I guess the Lord said no. Now, I will say, if you're praying to marry somebody and they already married, that the Lord's saying no. Don't even pray about that, okay? So there are situations where it's no. So don't hear what I'm not saying, all right? Don't, don't, don't. All right, just to make sure, just to do due diligence here, all right? So he decided, man, you know what? I've asked the Lord for this thing. I'm not hearing anything. Okay, so now I'll I'll fast. I'll fast. So he fasts and he continues to pray. And then, like I said, it's been like almost a month. And then he receives the interpretation. And like here's where we don't know the mechanics. So I can't explain the mechanics. I can just explain to you what I remember. So the angel... (laughs) basically said the answer was on the way. But there, there was some resistance going on in the realm of the spirit that delayed the answer coming to Daniel even though the Lord sent it. So, hey, he is sovereign. There's some, some some must be some, some things I can't explain Don't the Bible doesn't go into that we must not need to know. So if it doesn't go into it, we must not need to know it. Maybe it'd be nice to know Lord. it would be nice to know. But, <laughs> but I'm trying to obey the stuff I already know to be honest and I'm not doing that perfectly <laughs> but, but the answer is delayed so that lets me know that there are some things that can happen in the spirit realm that may require me to fast and pray it may cause me to do it for a prolonged period of time that we're not always going to get answers like right away I don't care who you are. Just think. I don't think I know anybody who has a prayer life like Daniel. Remember, Daniel, he's, he's an official with the, with the king. The, his enemy said, you know, the only way we can get him is if we, we got to do something like against his God. Like we know he ain't going to listen to that. So it's like nobody could pray to anybody but, right, okay. Daniel, he's so zealous for the Lord, he's not tripping at all. He ain't shutting his window to pray. His window's still open, so you can see that I'm praying to God, right? (laughs) So he's not changing his his routine for, for anyone. So I don't know anyone who prays like, you know, that's when he got thrown in the lion's den, and then that's when he's like, hey, man, the king is hoping Daniel, all right? He's hoping, the king is hoping, and he sees that Daniel's okay, and that's when that edict comes about, hey, you can't talk about Daniel's God because he's the one true God. We don't know the mechanics all the time, but let's be persistent in our prayers. Let's be persistent. Let's, let's, let's re- remember, remember Jesus. Jesus is doing all of this wonderful work all the time, but he still takes time consistently to go off and pray. He prays so much that his disciples see it and they're like, Lord, teach us how to pray. Surely they remember prayers that have been passed down to them. But it's like, no, he prays differently. So please teach us how to pray. And so he teaches them. But they observed his actions, obviously, the way he heals, the way God would answer his prayers. They also saw the consistency that he did it all the time. And they saw the priority that he didn't do anything without praying. Before he chooses the 12, he spends all night long praying about who the 12 should be. And then he chooses, he selects the 12. So our greatest example of prayer is Jesus himself. And so we would do ourselves good if we would be consistent, if we prioritized, I'm talking to me right now, if we prioritized like I said, all of those things that I know about God they can sometimes work work against me. He's sovereign, yes, he's in control of my head yeah. he knows and this this one can work against me too. He knows what I have need of before I open my mouth. Oh well God is with me, yes, he is with me, but this passage tells us to be persistent in prayer, and as I told you i'm 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 working on it. One of the great things about the church is our, our service of one another. We share in each other's needs around here. Um, and I just, I'm just i just going to briefly hit the last part of the uh, 13 where it tells us that, uh, to share in the needs of the saints and pursue hospitality. Obviously, hospitality is the disposition of, of receiving and treating guests and strangers with warmth. And I just want to confess to you one way that just yesterday I didn't do that. <laughs> That's how we're going to work with this one. So uh, I'm going to the food distribution and um, I wanted to get something to drink, so I stopped past 7-Eleven. There's this guy that's at the door, uh, standing out there. He already has like a cup of coffee or something in his hand. Um, I have on my hoodie that says "Working for the Good of All" and it has Galatians 6:10 on the hood, on the pocket. And uh, so I get out, I come. I'm like, all right, I I'm, I'm 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 in a rush as well, so I'm like, okay, I don't even want to interact. As soon as, as soon as I see the dude, I'm like, I don't want to interact with him. I, I got I got to do stuff. So I go in. He opens the door for me. Hey, I like that hoodie. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Go on, get my stuff. Um, hey, have a nice day, he says. I said, hey, man, you too. No, 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 no. Have a blessed day, he says. I said, hey, man, you too. There was this older gentleman that was in the 7-Eleven talking about how grateful he was to be, eight, he was in his 80s. He was talking about how grateful he was. That Man, who said he was young? So I'm gonna call him a young man. He is young compared to God, not me. So that, so that, so that young man, that young man came out behind me, and it was obvious that the gentleman that that had the, that that was outside was with him. I, I I assumed as soon as I saw him, he's gonna ask me for money when I come out. I already know I don't have no cash. Uh, I, you know, I'm gonna tell him credit card. I, that wasn't a hospitable disposition. Now, usually I'm not like that, but there are times I can be like that. If I'm, if I'm, there are times I'm like, man, I'm on a mission. I need to, you know. Sometimes I operate in the good of what I just described. Like, hey, man, you know, you just go wherever the Lord, you know, sends you or whatever. Like, you come across this path for a reason. That time, not so much. And the Lord humbled me because this man was just out there being a blessing himself complimenting me on my hoodie, telling me to have a blessed day, waiting for either his father, grandfather, or whoever the guy was, he was waiting for him. His disposition was more hospitable than a pastor. He might be a pastor, I don't know. But you're a pastor and you did. No, no, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Who is it that shares with the need, shares with the saints in need and pursues hospitality more in Christ himself every day he welcomes us to come to him every moment he is has his love upon us he's at God's right hand interceding for us as we read in Hebrews chapter 12 he's doing that for us all of the time he's doing that for you even when you just sinned even if you just sinned and you didn't realize you sinned And then you start reflecting on the day, and it's like, oh, I sinned. His love for you didn't diminish. He's the most hospitable individual that's ever lived. And he continues to live. And for his people, he sees us in our need, and he answers our prayers. So let's not, not pray. Let's remember his disposition to us. Let's remember how welcoming he is because with hospitality, it's, it's much of it is about welcome. So let's remember that, and let's remember that we just get to reflect him in being welcoming to each other, in looking out for each other's needs. And, and I know that we, I had to send an email um, about helping uh, the Henshaws, and people responded to it. Why? Because I sent the email. Maybe, but I don't think that's the reason why I think it was because they found out about a need within this body and they responded to the need so that they could help their brother and sister in their time of need. And brothers and sisters, that's how we all should be. At some point, we're all going to have need. All of us. And that's okay. That's part of the human experience. Even Jesus, when he was here, he was hungry sometimes. He asked the woman at the well, hey, give me some water. She was surprised, but she responded. And the interaction and encounter changed her life and others, right? But we're all going to have need. Let's make sure we're responding to the need. Make sure we're praying. And one of the ways we can respond to needs even before we do anything is to be praying for one another. And when when trials and tribulations come our way, which they will, let let us be patient in affliction. Let us rejoice in hope even in the middle of whatever's going on, knowing what God has already done in our lives. Let us make sure that we're serving the Lord with fervor and zeal for him so that people know it's not You know what, what I have, I haven't obtained on my own, but it's God who's given me every single thing that I have. Let's do this for the glory of God. Let's do this because we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let's make certain that we are renewing our minds. Because this type of uh, being, serving the Lord, being diligent, and zeal, these types of things aren't just something that's going to come natural. Unless we are renewing our minds, making our minds new every day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your body, the church. We pray that we will glorify you together, even though we are individuals, but we are members of a body. And we're individually members, so we're not only the body, but we are your body. Help us to know the role in which we are to play. And Lord, even if we are trying to figure out our role, please help us to make sure the quality of our service, whatever it is, that is fervent, is zealous, that is for you, that it can endure and have patience and affliction, that we can rejoice even in the middle of that affliction that we can still share in the needs of the saints and we can be hospitable. Lord, would you help us to do this for your glory and for our good and the good of our brothers and sisters here at Solid Rock Church and wherever, as it says in Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you.